0: Abraham said in regard to Mefiyaz that the goal is not to fight against the person but to fight against the Ra inside the person which made us assume that you can dissect the person into two neat parts and there's the person and then there's the Ra and therefore it's perfectly acceptable that all you have to do is hate the Ra not the person and Shalom al Yisrael when thinking about it a little bit further, it became not so clear-cut certainly on an experiential level that our perception of people isn't that there's a person and then there's his actions and if he does good, he's good and if he does bad, he's still good but rather our grasp of a person is the way he is and the way he is is largely determined by the way he acts and our entire engagement with another individual is based on that which is visible to our eyes, which is how he behaves. Granted, we can see beneath the surface and understand perhaps some of the motivations behind his actions, but at the end of the, at the, end of the day, the actions are the starting point for our grasp of who he is as a person, and hence we like certain people and just like others, because of what they do and what... otherwise there may have been this, this grand equalizer, you like all well, people the same. So even if you say there's a theory out there, we'd have to explore how they manifest within our day-to-day life. That's the first point. The second point is the relevance in regard to our perception of self. How do we make that fine distinction inside of ourselves? That there's, who are we? Are we, are we? are we the true good and everything else is just some type of encumbrance? Or are we what we do? Are we the actions? And that was what led us to segue to the Or Israel in Mechtavov from the Torah of Avram above Rahm Grzinski and we landed up in Rebbe and we're going to now go through the words with care and try to understand how Rebbe presents what he calls Hanoichi Halaze the I that's who we're searching for I think I'm not sure it's a very complex sugya yesterday what we did is we opened up the complexity of the sugya that it's not clear exactly who the I is is it my actions? Is it my essence? Is my a- essence different from my actions? This is Rabbi Shoram. So we in the beginning of Mikhtav Vov, the Ramchal, who was the Baal Masil Susharim, Bakhtomis Sifrei HaNichbod, in the introduction to his special Sefer, Heichel lo'imara ki lo'yichto rakhtoim p'shutim v'noidoim. He began by saying that he would only eat, only eat, Sorry, I'm hungry. <laughs> <laughs> he would only write Dvarim Pshutim V'noidoyim Just slipped out there. Uh, he would only write Dvarim Pshutim V'noidoyim I am Shom. Amos is the Shri case. I don't have a copy in front of me at the moment. Rabbi Charles says writing this letter to his Talmudim. But I only write things which are simple. So, in terms of uh, the, the Achranim dealt with Rabbi Yisrael's words as if he was a Rishon. Every word was carefully measured. Why Rabbi Yisrael has to say, The Ramchal, when he wrote his Sefer, he only spoke about Dram Peshutim. I don't have one in front of me, but I'm going to speak about Dram Peshutim. <laughs> okay. you, you may not have a Sefer in front of you, but you, you remember the fact that he spoke about only Dram Peshutim. So, why do you have to mention in your letter that I don't have a safe for a cop in front of me, but I'm also only going to speak to Ram Peshutim? So the fact that the safe is not in front of you is irrelevant, seemingly. Do you, do you hear? Mm-hmm. So, I don't know why he says that. If he was going to be speaking something, speaking other, something other than Ram Peshutim, he would need the safe. Aiden is <laughs> showing him the phone like an ace. I'm going to tell you something which was said and repeated many, many times. And what is that? <coughs> you see how Rabbi relates to Yom Kippur. We relate to Yom Kippur as a, a, an annual event that occurs. And Rabbi Sra. looked at Yom Kippur as almost the central focus of his year. Yom Kippur was this day when you could actually have the ability to do in one day almost the impossible it's a day which is so elevated and so effective in its capacity to change the internal state of what the man is that he he was completely and totally Yom Kippa focused and he, when you put it across it's a, a, a pretty obvious and open to us that we completely underutilize Yom Kippur think about what it is he says <laughs> apart from the fact that in the hierarchy of mitzvahs it rates very high because it's an association ba Koresh it's a positive commandment and the negative transgression is a Chiyuv Koresh Apart from all that, it is an incredible benefit to the person. We underestimate the power that Yom Kippur has to transform. And why is it? What is the benefit of Yom Kippur? It will save him from Tzoris which is generally translated as, as troubles, but the truth is the word Tsar just means narrow. What I was thinking recently is Avada Tsar means a, a horrible unpleasant event occurring to a person, but I was pondering on the word Tsar, tsar. Why, is it, why is it making narrow, why is it called a narrowness? I don't know if this is correct, but it's certainly true when describing a person in a Matzav of Tzorah. When a person is a Tzorah he becomes completely focused on that event. He's, he has no capacity to be expansive. Achmon a person has a sick child so it, it, it completely envelops him. There's nothing else in his world at that point in time. He becomes completely focused. So his life, which previously had many many different components to it, becomes focused and narrowed into one specific area so that could be the Pshat in the Tzorah Milosh and Tsar that the general breadth the Ravchus of life becomes very very small and in doing so a person can't experience life to the fullest and Yom Kippur has the ability to save us from Tzorah's Rabois not only from one Tzorah but from many Tzorahs and not only from small sorrows, but sorrows which are nizgavis, which are great. So far, so good. This is the cruising part of reading through Rabbi Israel letter. What we sim simultaneously going to do is we're going to ah uh, we are going to focus a little bit on trying to open up some of the keys, some of the doors of of learning Rebbe Israel. Israel is a very fundamental mussar in it. He puts down many of the basic ideas of self-growth um, but it's very cryptic in the way it's expressed so we'll try to get a little bit of a handle on how to deal with the complexity of his I Asher Ha'adon Ba'atzmoy and now what is the torah that a person is saved from? so the problem with Rebbe Israel's presentation is he has these long sentences and it's not clear where the connecting points are I don't know how you explain that grammatically but he starts off by saying that the goal of Yom Kippur is to save you from Tzaris, Rabbis and his goblins. And now he goes on and starts to discuss the Adam. Asher Adam my man himself, and then he defines what man is. And that's what's relevant for us, because we're looking for a definition of who the person is. We said in Rabbi vram's Mechir Samalek, the person isn't the bad—that's something which is attached to the person that you want to destroy, but you can still love the person at the same time. Let's see how Rabbi Shol defines HaAdam. HaAdam ashein biyadayin lechanois rak We can only call him anoichi. Anoichi halaze. This anoichi. I don't really understand, but perhaps once we see it again and again, it will ring true. Why he uses this expression? Why does he say we can only call him the I? Do you mean we can only call him the I? He's, he's delving into this. He's exploring as well what the concept of I means. He's exploring something else. That when we look upon Yom Kippur, if we're very primitive in our Jewish observance, we look upon Yom Kippur as a celebra- celebra-t- celebratory day, or we look upon it as a Yom Tev. Rabbi looked upon Yom Kippur as the deepest part of myself. At a point when I meet myself and I connect to myself and I fix up myself, it's something which is not in any way distant from my being. It's possibly the thing which is the closest that you can possibly get to where I Am. Whereas our relationship to Yom Kippur is more associated with a misinterpretation of the power of the day as being ritual and custom based. The tune of Kol Nidre. Standing in shul, the vidui. There's no sense of this is something which is the ultimate part of my life. If I say to you, what was a more what what experience spoke to you more, Yom Kippur, or you met an old friend from college and you sat down and you spent the night talking together and you discussed some of the basic issues of life, and I say to you, which was a more real experience, which touched you deeper? The chances are, you'll say, well, Yom Kippur was a nice religious festival, but if you speak about myself and my own being, so there's no question my discussion with my friends takes precedence. So I says, no, it's not something else, it's not someone else. Yom Kippur speaks speaks to you in a way which is more powerful than any conversation you've ever had in regard to yourself. We can only call him "Anoichi." Like Anoichi, and it's also interesting the, the choice of words that Rebbe learns uses. He could have said "Ani," <laughs> "Ani." He says "Anoichi." <laughs> Anoichi is different from "Ani." Anoichi is <laughs> the word that's used to begin the Asherus Adibros. Anoichi, Hashem Elokecho. Hashem Itzaysi Chameit Anoichi, the Gomorrah says, I, my soul, I wrote over and I gave it to you. That's the acronym that Anoichi represents in of Zedibris. So it's, it's a different kind of way of expressing the I. Why chooses Anoichi above Ani? Ani lo Ani rak I'm just asking. Anoichi, Raka Anoichi now he goes on to say who is this Anoichi that's going to be affected by Yom Kippur who Hamadaber action, no? Dibur Dibur who HaKhoyshev the Who Hu misave is the one that has the, the one that has the desire that's Rotson Hu Amel Hasik Tavoson so he says four things. The Anokhi is the one that speaks, your choice of words. The one that thinks, your choice of thoughts. The one that desires. Seemingly, if we now say, and who am I? So the way we would evaluate who you are is by taking into consideration well what type of thoughts do you have what type of words do you say what type of desires do you want and the fourth one is and what kind of desires do you strive to achieve where do you place your efforts in your long term goals what you striving to get at and that's who you are so if I see a person that's working desperately hard so he can buy a brand new super long in shining chromium Harley-Davidson ah. and he can rec- recline as he feels the brute power beneath him uh. <laughs> it's descriptive it's descriptive he's a Mis Ambal Hatzik Tabasi that's what he's putting in effort to try to achieve someone else will be three, doing it one is the tiva that you have, something which is on the spot, I'm hungry, it's, 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 it's on, on call, I see the food, I go for it, I feel the tiver drawn to the food, the stimulus is direct to the awakening of the tiva, the second one is it's more long term, that I'm doing different things which ultimately will bring about. So a person can have a it to be a world champion athlete, a person can have a to become a CEO, a person can have a type to become a Talmichochem, a person can have a it to become a Mispadol, a person can become a Tiver to become a Balchesed. Those, are, those are Those are who you are. So seemingly the way you, if I would say okay let's make a checklist, I want you to make an evaluation, I would like to draw a portrait of who you are. So what I'd say is well if I could see your thoughts and I could hear your words and I could see your desires and I could see where you're striving to get to and what you're striving to achieve that, taking all that that into consideration would describe who you are. A person who thinks thoughts which are vindictive and mean a person that speaks words which are harsh and hurtful a person that has desires which are lowly and contemptuous and a person who who strives to achieve something which is despicable, so you say, well that person is a rasha, a person that uh, thinks thoughts which are lofty and holy, a person who, thinks, who speaks words which are kind and caring, deep and wise, a person that has desires which are pure and holy, a person that to st- strive to achieve goals which are lofty and elevated, so then you say, well he's a tzaddik, and we fall somewhere in between, that we have thoughts in this direction, thoughts in the other direction, So the gamut of all our thoughts and all our words and all our desires and all our goals, all those things put together define who we are, if that's true. So the I is quite a complex thing. But it's much closer to the way I experience you and you experience me than some type of mystical concept of the I is something which is completely hidden from the I. And the... The person that presents himself is, is, not, is not really connected intrinsically to the center of being. Do you understand? But still they're not so tangible. Pretty tangible. My thoughts are certainly tangible to me, not in the, okay. not in the concrete right. sense to other Part people too. but I can know myself now you've told me how do I know myself well it's quite simple I do a Chesh Nefesh and I think about the type of thoughts I think the words I say the desire I have and what I'm trying to achieve and then I'll know who I am and then I'll say and that's who you are that's who you are that's the real you so let's go a bit further it's a big kiddush because then he says mischaber this composite hides in the physical matter. When all his strengths dissipate, or annulled, disappear. What is that process known as? That process is known as Hiamisa, death. That same eye who still has his life and his strengths. But Mufshat Me'olem magashmi. He's just stripped of the physical world which is Hiskashius HaNefesh Okay, let's stop there. Mufshat Me'olem magashmi. So His Kiddush is that a person before death and after death doesn't change one little bit. A person, let's go back to Arashah, who thinks thoughts of malicious intent, speaks words which are painful and hurtful, have no chokhmah in them, desires things which are lowly, and strives to achieve evil goals. So that same person dies, and he remains exactly as he was before, only that that essence of himself no longer has a physical expression in the world. He no longer has the body to do those things with. So he desires the promiscuous lifestyle. But he just has no body. And no woman he achieves he's striving to be a he's striving to be a motorcycle rider in a place where there aren't any Harley Davidson shops and he's thinking thoughts where he's thinking thoughts of malicious intent when there aren't people to hurt and he's desiring things which speaking words and his whole essence c- goes into a world where he's he's a he's a little bit strange he's a it's a, it's, a, it's a, Rabbi over is saying a very very vivid description <coughs> of the transition from life to death and we I think are often in the habit of thinking that when a person dies he automatically becomes spiritual because his body stops functioning and he says no you just carry on the physicality in a spiritual fashion Spiritually is the wrong word you carry on exactly the same essence just abstract (laughs) all that happens is you shed your your outer layer your outer skin everything else remains identical Isn't there some extent to which the physical body which is not yet completely integrated with the self is des- is desiring of physical things and once like food or whatever and, and that once that goes then to some to some extent For like average people Then some of that desire Also goes So that's a khijr That that Rabbi Srao says He says That doesn't happen You'd think that What do you mean The only reason I have desire Is because I have A physical body To act out On those desires The only reason That I speak bad words Is because I have a tongue To speak them with The only reason Why I think bad thoughts Is if I have a brain To think them with But once the brain goes and the tongue goes and the body goes and the world goes, so then all those things go with them. And he says, no, all those things stay with you. That the eternal, in inverted commas, I, is no different from the temporal I. But I think, I don't, know, I don't know if this is what Robbie's asking, but some of these Taivas are only for the goof. Absolutely! So can you can have a Taiva without the goof. You can have the Taiva, just no goof to fulfill it. But it's like it, without the goof. It's like having it's a, a phantom limb. People who have uh, Rahman Islam amputations, they still feel their limbs, they just don't have them anymore. But They feel, they have a real sense that they have a hand, even though they have no hand. It's called a phantom limb. That's a martial. You have a phantom body, but you, you, don't, you don't have it, but you, your being feels that, so your being lusts after nothing, because there's nothing to lust after, but it lasts after. But what about the sense in which we say that some of your desires come from the Yetzar Harat, and that's your body? You said your Yetzar is your body. It's hard. Uh, again, I don't want to start t- trying to apply models that you know from elsewhere to Reb Let's work upwards. Let's see what Reb Yisrael has to say. So this is Reb vision. Reb vision is that there's nothing different from a person alive and dead other than he just doesn't have a physical body. But in terms of his value system, his expression, his sense of humor, <coughs> his personality, identical. Identical. Nothing changes. That's why it would be so much more ideal to live in a world um, like uh, of theory So again, there, there's, there's the Rabbeinu yoina in Shari that quotes, he doesn't say the source um, a statement which says if your desire is not to die die before you die if a person, let's say theoretically, is aware of this principle and therefore he completely reorients uh, reorients his life that everything that he has in his being right now is completely appropriate to the Olam Haba, to the Olam Aruchni, so what happens is he actually never dies. The experience of death is the leaving behind something that you can never reclaim. But if a person in this world was focused on and he was misamel hasig, gvoim Vramim, so then the transition from this world to the next would be an absolute joy. It would be a joy because he'd be leaving nothing behind; he'd only be gaining. On the contrary, he'd feel the sense of liberation that until now he'd been restricted by struggling against the constant resistance of the physical forces, and now that force will be released and he can express himself in the truest sense. So for him, the experience of death will be an ultimate liberation. Whereas for a person who didn't live the life with a connection to that beyond the self, and he got locked up into the things which are straightjacket him into the parameters of narrowness so he's in trouble he's, he'll be in pain um, I think Rav Dessler once said that the difference between Gan Eden and Gehenim is just who you are it's not the place you have two people going into a show. two people let's say let's take an extreme show. An extreme sports show. There's extreme sports, and there's extreme sports shows. Extreme sports shows is a show where they give it all they got. Um, there's a show like this in up the road. They have no clock in the show, and they start davening at approximately eight on a Shabbos morning, and they finish somewhere around two. So that's a good six hours on your every Shabbos morning. Now you put two people into that show. One person has a strong connection to Tefillah, and he's striving desperately, and he has the tools to do so of getting close to the Rebbeinu and he can draw out every word of Tefillah with a, such a kishmak and a pleasure that for him to spend ten minutes on Baruch Omar is a rare gift. He can think Baruch Sheamar, Rebbeinu is the source of all abundance in this world and he, he said and then he looks around himself and he grasps the enormity of the cosmos and the millions and billions of stars and on planet earth alone the varied life forms even just one species of trees how many there could be and how many variations and the animals and the flora and the fauna and the fish and the different land formations, and he, he, he internalizes this, this, this gigantic world. At the same time, he thinks about the complexity of man, and how we relate to this world, and our creation, and our brilliance. And then he says, Baruch and in between that, that word and the next, he ponders and he's misbeinayin on all of this, and then he says, V'hoya HaOilam! And all of a sudden, in those transition from that word to that word, the world becomes a reality. And he almost faints from the enormity of what he just said. And then he says, And he goes through the whole of Tfila that way. So tefillah r- r- raises him to a level of such sublime pleasure, he can actually taste and feel the Ruchness. And at 2 o'clock, when Dublin comes to an end, he's disappointed because it felt like it went by in a second. Then you have another person that gets put into the show, and he knows that they're starting Baruch Omar, and he's unaware of how long the show service is going to go on for. And he's given a sitter, and he's told to start Borakshet Omar now. So he goes, and he realizes that he's finished looking his in and now he starts to look around. He looks around and he's, he's, he's at Nishmas, because it's Shabbos morning, and he's at Sheikh and he looks around at the person next to him, and he says the person next to him hasn't even got to Yehir Chavoid. So he starts to. And he desperately searches around for a safer. There's no Svarim in the entire base, Majush. There's no Svarim, there's just Siddurim. And he starts to think, I'm in hell. <laughs> I could not ever think of anything worse and he sits there and then eventually the cousin goes up and the cousin goes you also just of and you suddenly realize they've just finished saying <laughs> at that point in time he starts to run towards the door they're guards at the door <laughs> <laughs> they say you shout till the end he goes "Mm, mm, mm," because he (laughs) can't uh, (laughs) stop himself they just look at him and they shake their heads and he returns down back to his seat and he cries next to him is our friend who's now almost coming to the end of of father not any father HaRachamun, HaRachamun, and he feels the mercy absolutely penetrating his body. Baruch Ator Hashem, Samevaya, Hay Hayvei Yeh, Adonai Nakhel. Almost loses his breath. Melech. He's ready to begin To begin Haute <laughs> Two different people, same place Very different experience So Rabbi Shal says that's the Ani The Ani doesn't change We are all eternal we are all eternal and what we make of ourselves is who we will be forever and ever and ever and ever. So that's a long time to be sitting and chill, frustrated. Imagine if someone says to you, so okay, um, sorry, when is this uh, finishing, <laughs> you say, well, you see that mynt- mountain outside the window, he looks outside the minda- window and he sees this gigantic gigantic mountain snow capped and he goes mm-hmm. so he says well once every thousand years a feather falls on the mountain and gently lands on it and then he's swiftly blown off he goes okay but when when, when we leave it? <laughs> he says when the mountain has been worn away by the feathers that's when you leave because is there, is there, is there another, is there Chassishminen I can go to? Where's the sh'tibelach? Find me the Stiebelach. There are no Stiebelach in heaven. <laughs> mm. Do they have Gomorrahs? Not during Shachris. But I learned Torah so hard. It was only for intellectual pleasure. Um sorry, um well, uh uh um sit down. Hanoichi halazem stop praying for fetters. But I usually so as the person when he dies, the ano stays alive. The Anoichi the never dies He stays alive Mufshat But he, lifts, he lets go of his Shackles Shuffles off His mortal coil Such a great muscle, no? Shuffling off your mortal coil Such a clear expression I mean, I don't mean to quote Shakespeare But the he did capture it rather well Explains the process of death as shuffling off your mortal coil, like a person has this body, it's called a, it's like a coil. And it, it, it surrounds him and it shuffles it off. But who's doing the shuffling? Same person that shuffles body on What is the oedam It's the binding of the nefesh which is <laughs> with the Anoichi. In my family, the material, the body. We'll stop there, Rabbi Isai. Mm-hmm. <laughs>